This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Well, I want you to look at Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. Hosea 4, verse 6. It's the Old Testament, but you can see it on your screen there. But, you know, I always like to look at look at verses in my own Bible. It helps so much to see things in your own Bible. But Hosea 4, 6. And, you know, as I was reading this verse a while ago again, I realized in the age we're living in that this verse here could be hate speech in the modern times. This verse here could cause you trouble if you put it on Facebook, maybe, for the wrong people or whatever. But how many know that a good part of the Bible is contrary to the way people thinks it ought to be? And it always has been. That's, that's why, that's why when, when we're born again, when we talk about repentance from your sins, how many of you have ever heard the phrase, uh, that means a turnaround, a 180 degree turnaround, you're going this way, and when you repent, you whoop, you're going back the other way 180 degrees? You know, I don't know about you, bunny trails, okay, we can do bunny trails, because now we're not on the camera, we're not taping it tonight. And so I don't know about you, there was one time in my life, before I was a Christian, I thought live with somebody without being married to have a sex was okay. I got bored again, I turned around, I found out, wow, it wasn't okay. And there was a time, a lot of things I thought was okay, when I made the turnaround, in my life, 180 degree turnaround, I thought, wow, all these things I always thought was right, they're not right. I want to be right in the eyes of God, so I change things. So we see verses like this here, and I think about cancel culture and political correctness. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Well, in today's times, if you go out, you go out of the wrong places, and you say, you know what, there's a difference between God's people and other people. Why well, do you know you're God's people? How can you say you're God's people? That's hate speech. We're all God's children. Well, we're all human beings made the image of God. But Jesus said you must be born again or you'd never see the kingdom of heaven. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 3, as Paul's praying, he said, he said, I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ of all the family that's in heaven. And so he tells you, he tells you, that the family of God that's in heaven are children of the Lord Jesus Christ because we received him. And so that's what I say as we're looking at things tonight, because everybody here is on the same page, the Bible page we are, we know what we're talking about. So when God says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, that God said there's a difference between his people and people of the world. And so as we're looking at things tonight, I looked at this verse first because I want you to know we need to think different than the unsaved. We need to not be afraid of things like they're afraid of things. And what's what's, what's the opposite of fear? Faith. Where's faith come from? Hear the word of God. And so he said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so anyway, as we look at things tonight, let's sharpen up on our Bible knowledge because there's a great fear of death in the atmosphere around the world right now from this COVID stuff. 
after a lot of other things. But we want to look at what happens when a Christian dies. And so I want you to look at Mark chapter 4, verse 11. Mark 4, verse 11. And I want to say it again, that I know this will strengthen your faith, because every time you hear the word of God, it strengthens the faith you already have. And if you haven't heard some of these things, it'll give you faith for the first time. Get some things you need to see. You know, there's a difference between having faith to be born again and receiving Jesus than to have faith for other things. You know, it takes faith for tithing. Until you see the word of God on tithing, you don't have faith to do that. It takes faith to forgive somebody until you talk the word of God that you can forgive. You don't have faith for that. It takes faith to raise your children, train your children how God says to do it. And if all you've ever known is the world, if you're raised in an unsafe family like I was, I was talking to, who was the other day? Oh, Ray Bench, when Ray Bench was here. Man, we was talking about child training stuff like that. He and I were the same things, man. I got whipped with a board, a switch with thorns in it, a shoe, a fly swatter till the rubber came off and just the wires hit and I really had to run and duck and hide and get out of the way. That, that's kind of how I was raised like that. Then when I got born again, it was taught by a pastor that knew the Bible. I learned how to handle disciplined children. It wasn't backhand them every time they got close to you. Amen. Amen. They got a little soft butt. You could, uh, you know, do some things with that because the Bible says you can. But the thing is, until you know what the Bible has to say in any subject, you don't have faith there. And so tonight we want to look about what happens when Christian dies from the Bible. And so I want you to see this here in Mark chapter 4 verse 11 says, and Jesus said unto them, unto you is given to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to them are without, all these things are done in parables. And so I want you to notice again a couple things. Jesus said there's a difference between you that are in the family and then they're outside the family. He said, it's given to you to know. Because you're in here, you've got the Holy Spirit, you hear the Bible being taught. We said them on the outside... It's a mystery to them. It's a parable. And so we should not get our information about is there life after death from goofy movies. Yeah. Amen. Or from people that write novels and things like that. Well, here's what I think it must be. Well, I hope I don't come back as a bug. Well, I I, I, I don't know. I saw a rat and it looked like my Uncle Gus. You know, the world's that goofy. They think things like that. But Jesus said, now this is what I want you to give as you look at the Word of God tonight. Jesus said, He wants us to know. You know what a mystery means? That means something you don't know. You know, somebody asks you a question about something, you say, it's a mystery to me. Well, Jesus said, the things concerning the kingdom of God, He doesn't want us to be mystified. Amen. And so I want you to look also at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I'm setting you up to be able to receive these scriptures. And I want to say it again. If you're talking to fellow Christians that are ignorant of the word of God on death and life and things like that, show them verses like this and let them know Jesus does not want you wonder what it's like. Amen. First Corinthians chapter 2, we're going to look at verse 6 through 12. And this is, this is really a wonderful, wonderful chapter in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 2. This whole chapter is so good. But he says this. 
Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect or mature, yet not the wisdom of this world. Yet not the wisdom of this world. There's a difference between the wisdom of God and the wisdom of the world. You know, I think about in Proverbs, twice it says in Proverbs, there's a way that seems right to a man. But then there are the ways of death. You know, like Pastor Dave talking about going to heaven today and things. Wasn't that a great evangelical message this morning? Amen. Preaching Jesus to these people this morning in a way they need to hear it. But the world thinks, well, I didn't do anything too bad. I really never hurt anybody much. I didn't tell many lies. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. It's not what you didn't do that gets you to heaven. It's what you do do that gets you to heaven. And so the wisdom of God says, all that shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And, and once again, it's absolute truth. You know, Pastor Dave taught that absolute truth was so good. Well, people that don't walk in absolute truth, Bible truth, they say, well, who's the Lord? Well, I think the Lord, who's whoever I think he ought to be in my life. That's who I think the Lord is. The Bible makes a very plain, it says every knee is going to bow, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. God tells you who Lord is. Lord is not who you want it to be. The Bible says Jesus Christ is Lord. And so we're talking about God's wisdom. It said, nor, nor, nor do we speak of the wisdom of the princes of this world that come to nothing, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the world unto our glory. And when he says that hidden wisdom that God ordained for us, he's saying the same thing Jesus said. This wisdom of God about spiritual things not hidden from us is hidden for us. Can you see the difference? He said, this wisdom is hidden for us. Amen. For the glory of God. That's what's hidden for us. Which none of the princes of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. You know what that verse means right there? God, all through the word of God, told he had a Savior coming. Going to break the power of the devil and sin over mankind. And it was Jesus. And, you know, at Christmas time, you hear lots of teachings, things going around about how many different prophecies the Old Testament Jesus fulfilled. So God had it there all the time for people to see it. They wanted to see it. But it said, had the devil known that crucified Jesus, what was really going to happen, he'd never done it. Because Satan, you know, as Christians, we love to know things like this. Satan had a problem with one person on earth when Jesus lived. He thought, man, I'll take out, I'll take out the head guy and this is over. Thought he's got these twelve disciples and he's the head of them and this cult that Jesus is over. When I kill Jesus, the devil thought, this will be done. But then the Bible teaches us in so many passages, I look at some of them today, that Jesus was the firstborn of many brethren. Jesus is the captain of our salvation. Now, instead of one Jesus, when he killed that one Jesus, he got millions and millions and hundreds of millions of Jesuses everywhere. We are Christians, and Christians means little Christ-like ones. And so, when he killed the one, had he known, had he known he wasn't getting rid of his problem, he's multiplied his problem, he'd have never done it. So that tells me that God's wisdom, the devil can't tap into. 
And that's why we say so many times, what Satan meant for harm, God will turn around for good. Because when the devil tries, when the devil tries to take a Christian out, a Christian that knows his Bible, a Christian that walks in faith, walks in love, is going to be much more dangerous to the kingdom of darkness when he sees how the devil tried to take him out. And so Satan, I know that when I got hit a few years ago with the things that hit me, I thought, devil, you're going to be sorry for this. I'm going to preach louder and prouder and bolder and golder as I get older. And it's going to be better and better and better. Watch out, here I come. Amen. And so he said, they, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory, but I want you to look at these things right now because we're, we're coming to the area of what happens when a Christian dies for us to understand this. But as it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard. And this is talking about your physical eye, your physical ear, your physical body, because we have a spirit man that has eyes, has ears. Our spirit man lives inside of a physical one. Neither have entered the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us. How? By his spirit. The world doesn't have the Spirit of God in them. The Holy Spirit wants to be in everybody, but until they receive Jesus as the Lord and Savior, they cannot receive revelation knowledge from heaven because the Spirit of God doesn't live in them. So he said right here, it hasn't entered the heart of unsaved man what God really has. Because the first, th- the first time that an unsaved person, including all of us, how we were, would begin to receive revelation from Jesus is when we knock when we answer that knock on our heart about ask Jesus into your heart. When we somebody witnesses to us, we're in a church service, or we happen to maybe be reading the Bible or something, something happens where there's conviction in our heart. And you know, I gotta get right with God. I gotta get right with God. I gotta get right with God. And once you do that, the Spirit of God moves from the outside to the inside, and then He can reveal to you. The things that he's prepared for you that love him. That's what it begins to happen. So he says that people that don't have that yet, they don't get it. That's why there's so much fear about death and dying right now. Because that thing's got a grip on people. That number one, maybe they have never seen Jesus and the Spirit of God's not in them. Or number two, they're Christians. have never read their Bible much. They're very weak Christians that their heads don't know what's going on. So the fear on the outside is pummeling them every day and beating them and beating them and beating them and beating them about what's going on, and they haven't yet learned how to yield to the one inside. Greater is he that's in us than he's in the world. But you've got to know that, and you've got to walk in that. And so he says, God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit? Of a man which is in him. Even so, the things of God knoweth no man, but the Spirit of God he knows. And where's the Spirit of God at? Now we have received. Not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God. Says the Spirit of God he knows the deep things of God. The Spirit of God he knows everything about everything we need to know to live a godly life, a victorious life. Says we've received not the Spirit of the world. I praise God that I don't live it's subjection to the spirit of the world anymore. The spirit of the world is murder, sexual lust and abuse, drug abuse, hatred, strife, envies, gossip, backbiting, 
Every evil thing there is comes from the spirit of the world, because the spirit of the world is the devil. And so it says, we perceive the spirit of God that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. That we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. And you know, as I look at that right there, that are freely given, is salvation a free gift? Absolutely. Amen. Is getting to go to heaven and see our neighbor, the Lamb's Book of Life, a free gift? Absolutely. Is the baptism in the Holy Ghost a free gift? Absolutely. says that we might know the things that are freely given us of God. I'm so glad that I'm not addicted to Miller High Life anymore. Miller High Life wasn't the high life, it was the low life. I'm glad I'm not addicted to Bud Wiser anymore. didn't make Bud any wiser. Amen. Sure didn't make me wiser. I'm glad that the Marlboro Cowboy Man's not my hero anymore and I smoke Marlboro cigarettes all day long. I'm glad I come to find out that was a free gift. And Lucky Strike? I started off on Lucky Strikes. What do you think lucky about them, man? As I'm looking out there what I used to be at in the world, I'm so glad to find out things that are freely given me of God. I am delivered from nicotine. I'm delivered from alcohol. I've delivered wrong sexual thoughts and things that are out there. I've delivered from those things. I found out they are freely given me of God, but eternal life is what we're going to look at. Look at the Bible, what the Bible says about heaven. I'm so glad to know that my salvation is a free gift. I get to go to heaven, but also I can enjoy days of heaven on earth before I get there. Amen. Blessed to be a blessing. Glory to God. And so Jesus wants us to talk tonight about what happens when we die. Unsaved people live in fear about dying. God said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And so that tells me that if we get knowledge, Bible knowledge, then we don't have to be destroyed like they're destroyed in their thinking and their miserable lives they live because they're in fear all the time. They write books, make movies. They try to figure things out. But apart from the Bible and the Holy Spirit, all they produce is fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown. And I know that as a Christian, over the years, there's been things I've had to face sometimes, legal things I've had to face, or sometimes I've had to work face things. And because it was unknown, what was the other side of the boss's door, what was going to happen, fear hits or when you're starting something new. You know, I think about coming to California, Indiana. Wasn't really fear on that, but it wasn't unknown. I mean, it was a kind of exciting. But when you got the Spirit of God in you, when you have the Spirit of God in you, you go right into the unknown. When you know, when you know that the one that's already been there lives in you and he knows what's up there, when you learn to listen to him, that takes care of the fear. It's a process. You know, uh, Christians, Bible calls us disciples. Well, disciple comes the word discipline. And so disciples are disciplined ones. We discipline our flesh to shut up. Discipline our heads to shut up. And sometimes we have to speak out loud. James 4, 7 says, submit to God, resist the devil, and he'll flee from you. And you can't resist the devil with thoughts. you got to resist him with words. And so sometimes, and I've had to do it many times, Fear, in Jesus' name, get off me, get out of here. No fear. I say, Jesus, thank you, I've got faith in my heart because your word says. And when I speak to fear, it has to flee. Amen. 
But I've talked about faith things we have to know. And, you know, I know for me, as we're going to be looking at scriptures about leaving earth and going to heaven, the last few years, I've had some close calls sometimes. And I know for me, there's times I just have to say, Jesus, I know how good it is there, but I want to stay down here and help people. There's people I want to talk to. There's things I want to do yet. But it'd be so easy sometimes just say, man, I'm ready to go. Because there's no fear. And, you know, these things are so real to me. I know that's a nothing. All you do, all you do is take your last breath and you go. Never going to see that in the Bible. How simple that is, how easy it is. And so I want to look at some Bible facts now about what happens when a Christian dies. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. And we depend on the Holy Spirit, the teacher, to make these things real to us. Hebrews 2, verse 14 and 15. says, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood. That's talking about the children of God, partakers of flesh and blood, means we live in an earth suit. We live in a physical body. says, he also likewise, himself likewise, took part of the same. Jesus came down from heaven, and he lived in an earth suit for a while. Why is that? That through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Jesus came down. And broke the curse of eternal separation from God on the cross. Now the Bible just, I don't want to go down this road right now. The Bible teaches three different kinds of death. There's spiritual death, which is separation from God until you get born again. There's physical death, when your body dies. And, and, and then the Bible teaches about the lake of fire of eternal damnation. Of the, of the second death is called, and the second death is when there's no turn around, you're gone, you're there forever and ever and ever. So spiritual death is simply separation from God. And when a sinner comes into the church that isn't uh, born again, then they, they are spiritually dead. That's spiritual death. They're spiritual dead. They get born again, then they're living in an earth suit, but they're born again inside the earth suit, and somebody in the earth suit dies. But they're not dead. But then the second death is what Revelation teaches. When you stand before the great white throne of God is one that has rejected Christ as you go down to the lake of fire forever and ever. So that's the death you never want to be into. But Jesus delivered us from that. And then it says that Jesus then delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. Deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetimes subject to bondage. And I learned years ago as a pastor, teaching the Bible to people that were consumed with fear, the father of all fears is the fear of death. When you're delivered from the fear of death, all those little cousins, they can mess with you. But it's like Pastor Dave said so many times, what are you going to do if you kill a Christian? Well, I just get to go to heaven sooner. Where's there any fear in that at? You know, well, I'm going sooner then. There's no fear in it. And you stop to think today 
about the fear across the world and in our nation. And, and the wisdom of the world wants to splatter stats up there every day. Social media stats. Here's how many people got it. Here's how many people died today. This country here has got this many cases. This is how many people died. Well, that's, that's the wisdom of the world, promoting death. And what's that do? Fear. And so what happens if we start putting statistics out there today? Here's how many people are alive in the world today. Here's how many people don't have it. Here's how many people had it. Here's how many people are living because they come through it. Would that be more good news? But anyway, what I'm saying is, says that Jesus, because of what he did on the cross, what he did for us, I have been delivered from the fear of death. My Bible says so. Does this help you? We've been delivered from the fear of death. And you know, I, I want to say it again and again and again. I want to live out my days to do everything God wants me to do. But I'm ready to go now. I mean, it doesn't make any difference to me except for this. <clears throat> I want to stay to be the husband of this woman up here till we're both very, very old that God wants me to be. I want to stay to be the wise old man to my children so they can glean off my wisdom that I've learned over the years. I want to stay so my grandchildren can watch their grandpa and grandpa can tell them stories and grandpa can help them. I want to stay because I'm gifted and called of God to be a pastor and to teach the Bible and help people. And so I want to stay to finish what God's got me to do. But if it wasn't for that, i say, man, guys, it's sure been nice knowing you. I think I'm ready to move. Where are you moving to, Pastor? I'm moving to my real home. Where's that at? Well, it's a mansion on Gold Street. Hey, man, you know down where all the angels are? Where my grandpa and grandpas are? Where my younger brother is? My family? We're going to have a family reunion. But I think I'll stay, though, because I want to finish some things down here. You know, we need to have that attitude about it and know what's going on. Well, how can you talk about death that way? Because Jesus delivered me from the fear of death. Have no fear about it whatsoever. Amen. How about you? Somebody clap they want to. I think it's kind of a, an enlightening thing. And so anyway, fear is the opposite of faith. Fear is from the devil. Fear is from lack of Bible knowledge. And the only way to eradicate fear of death is with Bible knowledge. I want to say it again. Somebody tell me, what does Romans ten seventeen say? Hearing by the word of God. And so faith, I wrote this down this morning. I like this statement. Faith cancels out fear every time. Faith cancels fear every time. Anything that you're afraid of, you need to really get filled up with the Word of God in that area of life to get rid of the fear. Every time, every time, every time. And I can say this, you know, just because it's absolute truth, no stretch of the truth. When the doctor told me, uh, you have, your blood is 70% cancer. I didn't have an ounce of fear. When the doctor told me that my main artery in my heart was 99% blocked. I don't know what you think about numbers, but that means 1%, 1% 
of my main coronary artery was putting blood out. I said, okay. They want me to get all shook. What am I going to get shook about? Let to get shook about, I'm right with God. And I know healing, so I believed I was coming out of it anyway, but they gave me the facts, but I knew the truth. Truth was, by his stripes, I was already healed. Truth is, Psalms 91, 16, because my love's on Jesus with long life, we satisfied me, show me a salvation. And the Bible, a man's 68 years old, that's not long life yet in Bible years. Long life has a little bit further than that, so I just thought, well, glory to God, I'll make adjustments I'm supposed to make in my relationship with God. I'll do things that I know, change things around to make sure things are right there all the way how they're supposed to be. And then I'll believe God for healing. But I remember, <clears throat> Katie's not here, she's over there at the youth, I guess, or somewhere. But I remember that Katie and Mom were with me in the heart doctors two weeks after, <clears throat> excuse, <clears throat> excuse me, two weeks after the heart surgery, we're standing there. And the guy's telling me there's no damage, but he said, you walk a dead man. He's an Indian guy, kind of talks, you know, a little bit different. He said, you walk a dead man, you shouldn't be here. I said, okay. He said, no, you don't hear me. You walk a dead man. I do this every day, his exact words. He said, you're supposed to be dead. I said, okay. I don't know what to say to him. He said, no, 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 this is serious. I thought, well, if I would have died, I went to heaven, so what are you so upset about? He did. He thought, in other words, he thought I didn't have enough sense to know what was going on. Well, I got Bible sense to know that if my body laid down and died either from that blood cancer or from the heart stuff, that's just the body. That means I don't have to deal with that thing anymore, man. I just quit have to tell, quit hurting and aching and things at different times. Say, body, you just lay down there. And they could burn you up, bury you, whatever goes on. My wife doesn't believe in the burn it up. She wants it buried when it goes if I go for her. But I don't need any more anyway, so what? what's the deal? You know, I'm out of there. And so what I'm saying is, we see things different than the world sees things. It's a whole different thing. I'm not going to get shook up about dying. Why is that? I want to say it again. Hebrews 2.15, Jesus delivered me from that fear. So why am I going to get shook? How about you? Amen. Get a hold of these verses. Okay, I want you to look at Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter 4. And we're going to look at verse 16 through 18. And these are verses, I want to say it again, these will help you. But I think more importantly, they'll help you to help other people that need to know these things. If you're born again, leave that people know. If you're born again, Jesus has already delivered you from the fear of death. You just need to get your head straightened up and let your born again spirit dominate your thinking. You need to get your head straightened up. In Romans 12, 2, that's called renewing your mind. Your mind to think like the Bible talks. And then, uh, then, then you can walk in the peace that God has for you. But 2 Corinthians 4, verse 16 through 18. Paul said this, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, that's your physical body. In the Greek said your outward man is death doomed. From the time you come to this earth, your physical body had an appointment with death. Because it starts, it, cells just keep on doing what they're doing, and they still don't know 
I don't think medical science still knows why bodies die since they keep on doing things, but it all started in the Garden of Eden. When Adam, when Adam and Eve brought it in, then that made bodies death doomed from then on out. And so he says that uh, our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. Every man is renewed day by day. That's your spirit, man. And so that's that's why that's why even when you get old, and you know, Mrs. Pastor, let me know that we're not old. We're just getting older. And so you know, it depends on who you are, what you think. But I know uh, there are there are some in here that might be older than me. <laughs> but I found out something. This verse became real to me years ago. I'll tell you a funny story. Some of you have heard it. But no matter how old you get, well, I look at Hannah back there, some of, these, some of these young kids even in here, that you still sometimes can see yourself as a little kid, can't you? Even younger, the fun things, the things that you did back then. And, and some of you, you know, you think about things that it's, it's hard to believe. You look in the mirror and say, man, where'd those things come from? How'd they get there? And you look at the hair and everybody else says, man, you got, you got this beautiful silver hair, Pastor. And I say, silver? I thought it was brown. And, and, and say, you know, you got, you got a little bare spot right there. No, it's, it's, it's full. Don't I have my afro anymore? Well, back in the seventies when I used to do stuff I don't do now, I had an afro. And I had a pick. And Tony Cook sent me a picture the other day, teased me about platform shoes. And he and I come from the same part of the world. And I, I told Tony, I said, Tony, I used to go to the discos with my platform shoes in Broad Ripple. Who knows where Broad Ripple is? That, that was, that was the hippie part of Indianapolis. I used to go to Broad Ripple, to the disco, smoke dope, and mess around. But I don't have the afro anymore. I don't wear platforms anymore. I'm a born-again Christian. I do things different. But what I'm saying is this. Your inward man still thinks young because it is. And you, you figure eternal age compared to natural age. Your spirit going to live forever and ever and ever and ever. Do I get any older? Well, you got the same spirit now you'll have when you're in heaven. So it says our, our ever man is renewed. And so one time back in Martinsville, I was a whole lot younger than I am now even, but I didn't play on the softball team. But I went to practice one day. We played over at the Catholic, Catholic church. They had a good softball field to practice. So I was over there practicing and I was over there just watching my boys, everybody else playing softball. And all of a sudden I was back to 12 years old in little league on the minor A Tigers. In my thinking, because my inward man was young. And so I remember I went out there and I got on base and I remember there's this teenage girl in the youth group out there. She was on, she was on second base and her, I think her mom or her sister, one of them was on third, third base playing base and I was running. And so then I remembered my younger days watching Pete Rose. And so here's all I remember before the lights went out. The guy on the inside was really young. And the guy on the outside at that time was in his 40s, probably close to 50. And all I remember was I remember when I was in Little League, I stole a lot of bases. If I could just hit, I usually get inside the park home run. But the guy on the inside still thought, I'm young because the guy on the inside is young. And so I'll never forget it. I hit the ball. I didn't stop at first. I didn't stop at second. But I remember going from second to third. I saw this girl in the youth group, and I thought, she's not going to throw me out at third. And so, I thought I'd do a Pete Rose. And so, third base was up there, 
And I thought, I'm not going to have this girl throw me out. I did a head first dive, except I forgot to put my hands out. And I missed, I missed the bag by about 20 foot probably. Cause I thought I was Superman. I thought I could, whew, I'd do it. And all I remember, this is the truth. All I remember is my head hit that infield and I heard this noise. Bonk, bonk, bonk. I, inside, I heard it going bonk, bonk, bonk. And when I woke up, I saw this girl stand right over and these other people. Pastor, pastor, are you okay? That's all I heard. And so, as they helped me off the field, I went back to my former position of being cheerleader. <laughs> that's the truth. But no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm telling that, and that's the absolute true story, but I'm telling that because on the inside, on the inside, my youth is renewed like the eagles. But I realize that that eagle on the inside has the, not old man, Mrs. Pastor, I'm not I'm saying it right for you, has the older man's body. And so the guy on the inside can still do a lot of things, but he has to put up with the older man's body. What did I do the other day at that pickup truck? Load all those railroad ties. But I didn't, I didn't use strength, I used wits, and I maneuvered them. And so, former days, I would have picked up a lot of things like railroad ties, but I don't pick up railroad ties, I don't know how to move them. So that, that's the difference between a young man and an older man, I protect my back. Does that help you understand about the inward man, the outward man? Why, I think about Dave, the things he does. Dave, sometimes you feel really young on the inside, then you go to move find out, hey, wait a minute, there's something here that's oiled. <laughs> somebody better get out and do a little adjustment here. <laughs> All right. And so anyway, our light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far, far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. So he's talking about things that we go on on the earth right now. You know, how many know that things on here on earth are light affliction and compared to eternity, they're just for a moment. While we look not at the things which are seen, I'm not going to focus on all the ugly things going on in the COVID world right now. I'm not denying it. I'll use my faith to keep it off me and my family, but I'm not going to focus on it. It's there, but I'm not going to look at it all the time. I know it's there. And that's what the word look means. We're not consumed with focusing on what's going on around us. But I'm going, to, I'm going to look at the things which are not seen. Well, the things which are not seen are the things of the Spirit. I can't see the angels, but I know they're there. You know, I, I, I got something that a lot of people haven't got to have one time. I just stuck with me for over 40 years now. When I was a new Christian, born again probably about six or eight months, uh, I saw my angel, not just a, not just a puff, <laughs> I saw him walk through my door. My brother was staying with me for a while, and we had a conversation the next day. <clears throat> he was going through some things, I let him sleep in my living room out here, I was in my bedroom, there was a door between the bedroom and the living room. I was laying there, and I called, I, I don't know what to call it except the twilight zone, you know, I was kind of wasn't asleep, wasn't awake, I was halfway in and out, just laying there. And my brother's a lot taller than me, and I was laying there in bed like that, and I saw him walk through the door. Because in the twilight zone, I didn't realize the door was closed, and my brother, you know, what my brother, I laid there, and big guy come walking through my door, 
And then bent over my bed like that because he's so tall his head was hitting the ceiling. And this, this does not make believe it wasn't really super tall ceilings. And so then I opened my eyes and when I opened my eyes this great big guy white was standing there. That's the things that are not seen with natural eyes. And when, when I saw that then he just disappeared. And so Woo, boy, talk about cloud nine, man. I was in, wherever I was at, man, I was there. And the next day, next day, we went to church, and there was an evangelist there. And he prophesied, and he said, some of you are going to have, have, see angels this week. And he said that, I said, like, well, I did. So me and my brother were going home, and we started talking about that, and then he looked at me and said, you think it happened to you last night? And I said, why do you think it happened to you? And he was in there laying on my couch, and we were on the second floor of the apartment. And I said, anything happened to you? And he said, yeah. I said, what happened to you? He said, there was a demon messing with me. And all I could say was, help, Jesus. I said, when I said that, this big guy in white walked through the wall. And when he walked through the wall, the demon went out that side and left. And then he walked over your door, and he walked through your door. I said, wow. And so, you know, I know the Bible tells us about angels. And my faith is that there's angels because the Bible says it. But that's called discerning the spirits when you get to see to the realm of the spirit. I actually saw my angel. And, you know, the Bible teaches that we got our angels with us everywhere we go. And so I always know I've got this great big guy here that uh, my first line of defense is what's here with me. And then man, we have all the tough guys and bad guys stuff around, stuff like that. But the main thing is, I've got confidence in my God that he told me his angels surround me and lift me up lest I dash my foot against the stone. I praise God. I got to see mine once. Amen. Amen. And so it says, while we look not the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, things which are not seen are eternal. So the real you, this says, what this says, the real you is a spirit being. You are temporarily living in a physical body. You are temporarily living in a physical body. Your time in your body on earth is limited to earth time, which is measured by years. I want to say that again because I'm helping you to see what happens when a Christian dies. Your time on earth is limited to earth time which is measured in years, but your spirit man will live in eternity which has no limit of time. Your spirit man will live in eternity. And you know, sometimes when people talk because they're operating out of their brain and not from their spirit, well, you know, eternity is for millions of years. No, it's not. There's no years. There's no time. It's forever and ever and ever and ever. Just like when they talk about all these galaxies and everything they find, they start to take keep on going. Light years keep on going and going and going. And they just go and go and go forever and ever. Because that's what eternity is. Forever and ever and ever and ever. It's forever. And so we have to know that what Paul said here is that, is that things which are not seen are eternal. I praise God to know that my born again family members that I know knew Jesus when they died, that we just got a very temporary separation right now. We're going to be together forever and ever and ever and ever. I am not afraid of dying and going to heaven. 
looking forward to it when my time comes. As anyway, if you still fear death, you need to study these verses that I'm showing you tonight. And then when they become real to you, you'll be totally delivered from fear. Now look over at the next chapter, chapter 5, and look at verse 6 through 8. Does this help you to see verses like this? Does this make you feel really good to know what's really going on so it's not a mystery? Boy, this silence is golden. Thank you, Dave. Man, I thought I was talking to the wrong crowd. I thought, uh-oh, am I in, is this not, this not the gotcha cancer cost? Oh, I've canceled now, man. I said the wrong thing. <laughs> I appreciate you, Dave. <laughs> Amen. Well, you went for lunch, Dave. We'll take care of you. <laughs> Second Corinthians 5, verse 6 through 8. Therefore, we are always confident. Now look at this, knowing that whilst we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. How many know that right now, if they take a roll call in heaven, we're absent, we're not there right now? But one day we'll say present. So it says, while we're at home in the body, before we die, we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so I'm willing, I'm willing when my time comes to leave this body and be present with the Lord. Amen. That's what Paul said. He said we're willing. And so that's the whole thing about it. We want to do whatever God wants us to do. It takes faith to live long. It takes faith to keep on going when you don't want to go. But Paul said... Hey, he said, I know that I leave the body. I'm with Jesus. Amen. I walk by faith and not by sight. And you know, I, I know that you guys are like me. When I got born again back in 1980 and I found out that these things are real, why would I ever want to go back to the sin I used to live in again and take a chance on missing this stuff? Amen. That keeps you going. No matter what pummels you, what comes your way, like chapter 4 said, it's a light affliction. This is just for a moment. Because we know forever is what counts. And then he says, therefore, we can walk by faith and not by sight. If you got a lot of money, praise the Lord. If you're broken, yo, praise the Lord. We're walking by faith and not by sight. He's more real. If you've got, if you're living in divine health, praise the Lord. If you're under attack in your body, praise the Lord. Healing belongs to us. We walk by faith and not by sight, knowing that when this thing's all over with, it's not over. We just left earth time, and we moved to the eternal. And they were not living anymore by watches. They'll have no Timexes or Rolexes or Amexes in heaven. Amen. We're not going to have them there. You know why? We don't need them. There's no day or night. It's forever and ever. And so, when a born-again Christian dies, his spirit immediately leaves his physical body and goes to heaven to live there with Jesus and the family of God forever and ever, somebody said, Amen. Not so for those that refuse to accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. I want you to look at Luke chapter 16, verse 22 and 23. It's a pretty long discourse that Jesus gave. But Jesus is telling a true story. And you've probably read this before, probably heard it taught, but I just want to look at just a little bit of this to show you what happens when people die. Christians 
immediately go to be with Jesus in heaven. But Luke 16, verse 22 and 23, talk about the story of rich man and Lazarus, says, And it came to pass that Lazarus the beggar died, and he was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom, and the rich man also died and was buried. And in hell, he died, buried, and then he's in hell. He lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. So the unsaved also leave their physical body, and they immediately go to hell. And you know, I think about us, we need to be preaching the gospel to every creature. And at, at the, at, at the uh, chance of offending somebody, we need to take a chance sometimes. I'd, I'd, you know, I'd rather offend somebody right into heaven than to lie to them and let them die without Jesus. Amen. And so this, this story here is really a terrible story, but Brother Hagin talks about that in his book, and it's really good. But I want to close with one more verse. Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 to 24. And, you know, when the Lord started speaking to me to teach on this tonight, I thought, well, Lord, if you want, want, to, want to show them what happens when a Christian dies, that's what he told me. He told me about what happens when a Christian dies. I thought, well, we'll go to the book of Revelation, and we'll look at the streets of gold. We'll go to John chapter 14. My father's house are many mansions. I'll go to prepare a place for you. And look at all those things. But we're talking about what actually happens when they die. When we die, when people die without Christ, it's very real. And I want to remind you, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, it's given to us to know the mystery. And so death is not a mystery. No mystery about it. No mystery about it. You know, I don't understand when a husband and wife come together, that process that takes place, how little baby's conceived. You know, we know science things they say, but God's the one to set that up for the way little babies are made, and little babies come into the world. But at the same time, also in the book of Hebrews, it says it's appointed a man wants to die. And after that, the judgment. So all I know is this is a part of the cycle on earth. We're conceived, we're born, we live, we die. And we go to eternity somewhere. And so the thing about the Holy Spirit says, I don't want you to be in the dark like the world's in the dark. He says, give you know the mysteries of how these things work. Amen? So Philippians chapter 1, we'll close here, verse 21 to 24. Paul said again, for me to live is Christ, and he said to die is gain. He said, you gain when you die. How is that? You get to leave this ugly place down here with all the problems, all the strife, all the ugly stuff going around, and you get to go to heaven Streets of gold, mansions, loved ones, and all that. He says, he says you gain when you die. He said, but if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor. Yet what I shall choose, I what not. He said, I'm in a strait. He said, he said, he said, I'm having a problem right now between the two. He said, I got a desire to depart and be with Christ. He said, that's far better. He said, nevertheless, to buy the flesh is more needful for you. And so what Paul said right there, he said, we have a choice when we want to go. You know, 
You're going to go sometime. The Bible tells us he wants to live a long time. But sometimes when the crisis of life comes, health hits, things like him being in prison, all things going on. He said, right now, he said, I got desire to leave this place. He said, I don't know what I'm going to choose. He said, but you know what? For your sake, I've got God's grace and anointing and his spirit to teach you things. So for your sake, I'm going to stay and help you some more before I go. And so can you see how death is something not to be feared by Christians? Amen. Amen. Paul said he's got that desire to go and to be with Christ. And so I just want to close by saying, I don't know about you, but I do want to live a long life, fear-free, sickness-free, mentally stable, all my needs met abundantly, influence my children, my grandchildren, my great-grandchildren, everyone else I can to receive Jesus, be Bible-believing disciples and soul winners for Jesus. Heaven is real. Hell is real. Eternity is forever. And so if you're truly born again, you never need to fear death. Although you don't want to go prematurely. But as Paul said, to depart and be with Christ is far better. So just know this. Promotion day's coming someday. I want to say that again. Promotion day's coming someday. But until then, keep on coming to a church like this. Read the Bible. Learn the Bible. If the Bible says do it, do it. The Bible says don't do it, quit doing it. And don't pay any attention to all the stupid people that don't know God on social media, all the news and everywhere else trying to tell you what's right and what's wrong. God says what's right and what's wrong. This is temporary. That's forever. We need to get the sinner saved. We need to get people in church to get discipled and learn. So that's where our focus is. So Christians, when you die, just look up to heaven. It's not Star Trek. Beam me up, Scotty. It's Jesus, is there anything else you want me to do? Okay, Lord, if it's okay with you, I'm ready. And just go. Amen. Amen. That is it. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.